it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre. And you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants. Me. All right, everybody, guys and girls, welcome back to another edition of the SmackDown Review right here on the WWE Podcast. As always, I'm one of the hosts of the show here, Michael Ritter. You can find me on Twitter at Michael5Ritter or on Instagram at MichaelRitter5, also the host of the Football Function Podcast. Available wherever podcasts are found on all of the podcasting platforms as well as Patreon. So if you're a football fan or if you just feel like supporting a fellow WWE podcast host, go ahead and head over there. Subscribe. Give me a five-star rating if you feel like I deserve it. Either way, all that shameless plug stuff out of the way. We are here to talk about the SmackDown that aired on June the 10th, 2022 from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I am solo here tonight, obviously. Um, no John Carrasco, my typical co-host here that's with me, so I will do my best to make this a decent SmackDown review for you guys and try to get through it. I mean, I, one thing I will say, 
it is harder to go long form audio whenever you're by yourself. I mean, that's just, you know, logic right there. If you don't have somebody to bounce your ideas off of and, um, you know, your opinions and all that stuff and just getting their feedback and their interaction and all that good stuff, you definitely, it's tougher without, you know, needing to say anything else, but you know, it is what it is. Um, I'm definitely going to do my best, like I said, to provide a good review for you guys for SmackDown. But I'm going to be honest, this SmackDown kind of went by pretty fast. Like, it really did. And I think it has a lot to do with the um, the fact that they gave the wrestlers time in the ring. That's the thing. Like, in the first hour of SmackDown, there was two Money in the Bank qualifying matches, which we, we will get to those, obviously. And also the, the Ronda Rousey match. So there was three matches that took up a majority of the first hour. No backstage promos or anything like that. And if there if there were any of those... Very quick. They were not long whatsoever. And then the second hour of the show, the main event started with like 30 minutes to go. So they gave them, you know, a, a pretty good amount of time. And then obviously the Intercontinental Championship match between Ricochet and Gunther. So we're definitely going to get there. But I do have a little bit of a treat for you guys at the very end of the show. I'm bringing back Top 5 Friday. And I know this episode is going to drop on Saturday. It is what it is. But I'm recording this on Friday. So bear with me. And we're going to go ahead and knock out the top five guys who I feel like have a chance of dethroning Roman Reigns. That's right. The tribal chief, the head of the table, the undisputed universal champion. I'm going to put out five names who I feel like have an opportunity or at least it makes sense. And I'm not saying it's going to happen anytime soon. So don't, you know, get it twisted or anything like that. I'm just kind of saying these are the guys who I feel like have an opportunity to do the unthinkable. And that is take the title off of Roman Reigns. I'm looking forward to getting to that at the end of the show but I guess with all that being said we can go ahead and dive in here to Smackdown and it starts like I said with one of the money in the bank qualifying matches and this always you know um remind you of the time of year that you're in obviously money in the bank coming up I like that they make the wrestlers earn their spot this is kind of similar to the Royal Rumble and even like Survivor Series whenever they make wrestlers earn their spot on their respective Survivor Series teams just always something that I appreciate and uh I could definitely get up for like a tournament style I guess format for lack of a better word or just you know them doing it with qualifying matches and obviously they do this every year but I guess for for whatever reason I forgot and today whenever they said qualifying matches I was like oh yeah here we go we're about to get a bunch of qualifying matches to determine who's going to be in this money in the bank I do expect them to give three on Smackdown and three on Raw because it's usually six people if I'm not mistaken so if if that's the case maybe eight I, I really don't remember to be completely honest but it's it's one of those two six or eight I do expect them to split it down the middle between the two rosters SmackDown and Raw, and clearly they still have two rosters, and they still, I guess, implement the brand split in some capacity because there was a stipulation in the main event tonight with Matt Riddle where if he were to lose, he would be banned from SmackDown and could not return to SmackDown. Obviously, we'll get to that whenever we get there, but just to kind of, you know, further prove my point that the brand split definitely still exists in some way, shape, or form. But this specific qualifying match was between Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, and I will say these two, obviously, they have history together, good and bad history. And anytime they get in the ring, you know it's going to be a very hard-hitting match. Um, this one looked like a heavyweight fight, felt like a heavyweight fight. Um, they both kind of took turns or took pages out of each other's playbook. They took turns taking pages out of each other's playbook, doing each other's moves and all that good stuff. But it does end in a double countout, like a, a disqualification, if you will, because they both pick up a chair kind of by the announcer's table and they just they hit each other's chair. We've seen this happen before in the past. Obviously, it, it would suck, but but the the position that we're in now, like, what do we do? And both of them, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, respectively went in to Adam Pierce's office to kind of get some clarity on the situation. Drew McIntyre was demanding, no, you put me in the match. And Adam Pierce is like, well, I mean, it's not that easy. You know, you didn't win the match. 
you have to qualify to get in the Money in the Bank tournament. So I like that they're staying true to that, and hopefully they'll continue to do that and be persistent with it, or I guess consistent is a better word to use that. I imagine Drew McIntyre and Sheamus will be persistent trying to get in it, but likely, or more likely than not, they're just going to kind of feed us the same thing next week, I expect. Maybe get a rematch with a true finish between Sheamus and Drew McIntyre because I do think that they want one of those guys at least in this Money in the Bank match. You expect that uh, probably going to be Drew McIntyre. Just my personal opinion. I feel like it would be the more impactful addition. It would make the match a little bit bigger, if you want to say that. But anyways, Butch does get involved. He kind of pays for it, though, immediately after he jumps on Drew McIntyre's back. And then Drew just does like a back bump, just flat back bump, drops on the ground. They're outside of the ring. So he gets smashed. Maybe gets like some whiplash on his neck or something like that. I don't know if he hit his head or whatever, but definitely that's something that no matter how you slice it is going to hurt like a bleep. You know what I want to say there, but it would definitely hurt pretty bad. But it does kind of spill out to the crowd, this brawl between Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. Eventually they kind of get split up there, but all hell is broken loose. And I can honestly say I do want to see the rematch next week. So I'll be happy if they give us the exact same thing. But obviously with a finish and an official qualifier for this money in the bank match but i will say after this was over we do get the official confirmation they show a pretty long video package just basically showing you in case you missed it what cody rhodes is dealing with with in terms of his torn pectoral and you know how long he's going to be out and they actually clarify and confirm that he's going to be out for up to nine months and this is kind of what i was saying you know i, I remember watching monday night raw i was watching it with my girlfriend and with my roommate and we we're kind of sitting there and i, I remember saying like i, I really don't think that Cody's going to be back anytime soon. Now, it, it is one thing because like a torn pec in football or like any other sport, you're legitimately out. You know, like the, the, there's no way you can just legitimately come back into the game and be healthy anytime soon. I mean, it's a season-ending injury for the most part, unless you do it like in August or something like that. But I mean, still, you have to get lucky. Like Ray Lewis is somebody who turned or tore his pec and he was able to come back and win the Super Bowl that year. That's kind of you know, way off topic, but it's happened before. But in the WWE, I kind of left that possibility open because you can easily work a match where you know you have Cody Rhodes in there and they just don't target that specific part of his body but obviously any match that Seth Rollins got an opportunity to do or any time during that match at Hell in a Cell he was targeting that injury even the next night on Raw I mean whenever he came out he did the sweet you know your dad would be very proud of you right now gets people I know for a fact that some people were on the hook there like they had him on the fishing hook and uh Seth Rollins comes out and absolutely puts another beating on Cody Rhodes. And I knew right there, I was like, man, like, that is legitimately making it worse. Like, that is not helping the injury whatsoever. But obviously, Cody gave him the okay and all that good stuff. But I remember saying, like, I, I don't know about this. Like, he was talking about possibly being in Money in the Bank. And I remember saying, like, okay, yeah, in WWE, you could have him be in it and just make sure that nobody messes with his peck. You know, make sure that nobody makes it worse or whatever. But it's very difficult, especially in an actual WWE match. And no less money in the bank. Like, are you kidding me? A ladder match? But anyways, when he said nine months, I was like, that's a little bit more like it. You know, I do expect that. And, you know, maybe if he has a quick recovery and, you know, rehabs properly, maybe he can come back for the Royal Rumble. I don't really know. I mean, this is this kind of sucks for Cody Rhodes because obviously he was being pushed. Like he was actually one of the, you know, top baby faces on Monday Night Raw, if not the top baby face on Monday Night Raw and just this. I don't want to say new version of Cody Rhodes because obviously he's been this version of himself in AEW for the past couple of years. So it's not what I'm saying, AEW fans. Don't come at me sideways. I'm just saying in WWE, this new version of Cody Rhodes trying to test the waters on this side. 
was going pretty well for him over on Monday Night Raw, and he had just won the trilogy with Seth Rollins, and I was looking forward to seeing what's next. And obviously, we're still going to get something next with Cody Rhodes, but it's not going to be for quite a while. And uh, obviously, we you know send our best wishes to Cody, and we definitely hope that he has a speedy recovery because, I mean, I, I was certainly happy to see him back in WWE. I was there at WrestleMania in attendance whenever he came out, and the crowd absolutely lost it. I mean, that energy was very, very tough to match. And um, like I said, I hope he definitely comes back and picks up right where he left off getting this main event push. Up next, we get a, another Money in the Bank qualifying match and also a, I guess, a return, a two-for-one here. Lacey Evans versus Zia Lee. Now, this is one thing we talked about, and I, I will say I've kind of complained about it for the past few weeks. I wasn't a big fan of Lacey Evans just leaving inexplicably and coming back to SmackDown. And I wasn't necessarily a fan of her not wrestling for the whole time that she's been back for like, what, damn near two months now, it seems like. I don't even know exactly how long it's been, but she's been giving us these video packages, these vignettes, and all that good stuff. We haven't necessarily seen her in the ring until tonight, and I will say a little bit sloppy. Obviously, she had some nice, impressive ring gear. She's always pretty decent on the mic. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But her in the ring, definitely a little bit rusty. But one thing I will say, that woman's right. It was in mid-season form because she absolutely knocks out Zia Lee. And that's something that I completely forgot. Like, I just was watching the match, and I guess her finisher never really crossed my mind. Like, I wasn't like, oh, what's Lacey Evans' finishing move? I can't really think about it. It's not on the tip of my tongue or anything like that. And I saw her do it to Zia Lee because this was a squash match. Didn't last very long at all. And, uh, yep, she absolutely got, you know, Zia Lee, that is, got her head taken off by that woman's right. And I, I was just reminded right there, oh, that's her finishing move. That's right, that powerful punch. And you like to see that. She took a little bit of a page out of Big Show's playbook right there. But anyways, continuing on here. Oh, yeah, so right there, Lacey Evans, the first qualifier for the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. So you can kind of pencil her in there, and we'll see if any fallout comes from that uh, Drew mcintyre Sheamus match, like I mentioned a little bit earlier. I likely expect a rematch there. but So we, we didn't get a single addition for the men's match. And we do have the first participant for the women's match. So definitely shout out to Lacey Evans for um, getting a win in your first match back. And hopefully you can, you know, use that win and let it springboard you to a successful match in Money in the Bank. 
and hopefully get put back in the main event picture like you were, I think, like, what, like two years ago after WrestleMania, whenever she was feuding with Becky Lynch as soon as she got called up to the main roster. I bet um, Lacey Evans is just itching to kind of get back in that position on the women's roster and just in the women's division in general, no matter what brand she's on. But I do think it's going to be a good fit having her over on SmackDown. But speaking of women on SmackDown, and why not talk about the actual SmackDown women's champion, my co-host John's favorite women's wrestler on the entire roster, Ronda Rousey. She does come out and she takes a shot at uh, the sharpshooter. She basically says that it's just like, it's not even really the sharpshooter what Natty does. It's like a disrespectful knockoff version of what her Uncle Brett used to do. And she's trying to say that her arm bar is, uh, you know, more of a deadly move. And I think, obviously, if you have any type of common sense. Yeah, the armbar is a lot more dangerous than the sharpshooter. But I just feel like this right here, like, you're the champion, right? Like, like you're coming out here and you're trying to get us invested in this program that had absolutely no build. She literally won a fatal four-way or whatever that match was, a six-pack challenge. I don't really know for sure. That's on me. Either way, I do know that Natalia won that match. And she got this, you know, opportunity fair and square. But the thing is, like, that doesn't mean that there's still a build for it, right? Like, this is where Sh- uh, Ronda Rousey was supposed to come out and make it interesting, you know, make us feel like we wanted to see it. And the fact that she just took the low-hanging fruit, like her her whole argument with, or like the whole like program with Charlotte Flair was about the armbar and how like she's a one-trick pony and how Charlotte Flair has way more in her moveset and all that stuff. Like, okay, we get it. Like, like are finishing moves the only thing you can lean on for like, you know, promos, like, come on now, you know, say something else about Natalia. There's plenty of things you could say. Even Chelsea Blackheart comes out and she interrupts Ronda Rousey very quickly. And she does, I mean, run circles around uh, Ronda Rousey on the mic right here. She actually challenges her to a match and it ends up being like a championship contenders match. So obviously if Chelsea Blackheart wins, then she gets a later opportunity at Ronda Rousey for that SmackDown women's championship. But she kind of comes out and she just says like, I may not have the resume or the accomplishments that Natalia has, but I have, what is it, ruthless or I guess natural aggression. That's what she said. Sorry. She did. She channeled her under John Cena in this one. I will say my, my roommate kind of pointed that out because she came out and she said, I have natural aggression or something like that and a killer instinct. So that was her reason why she deserved a match against Ronda Rousey. Very similar to obviously John Cena saying something like that to Kurt Angle, smacking him right in the face. We even get a smack in the face from Shotzi Blackheart to Ronda Rousey, but it wasn't before the match. It was actually during the match. Because Ronda Rousey does accept it. And it does go on for a little bit longer than I anticipated. I will admit, Shotzi Blackheart definitely hung with her. She didn't get squashed or anything like that. She actually hits a pretty beautiful Tornado DDT outside of the ring. And I'm not going to lie, I thought Ronda Rousey might have gotten her neck hurt or something like that. Just because she doesn't know how to sell like that. You know, she's not necessarily like a cut from the same cloth as Ricochet, so to speak. And not meaning any disrespect towards Ronda. I'm just saying, you know, calling it how it is. She's not the best seller in the world. So definitely you're talking about a DDT and she did. She sold the hell out of it. And like once she was all right, I was like, hell yeah, good, good job, you know. But anyways, um, let's see here. Shotzi Blackheart also ends up bleeding from the mouth. Not sure if any of you guys start, or caught that. They kind of zoomed in and her bottom lip must have got busted or something like that because her teeth were definitely covered in blood. But you like to see that. Now, like I said, she gives her a slap. Shotzi, that is, gives Ronda a slap for good measure, but that really only pisses off Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey, sorry, guys. And uh, she hits her with a Piper's Pit, forces a submission with an armbar, and the win belongs to Ronda Rousey. So we don't get that contender's opportunity delivered for Shotzi Blackheart just yet. Maybe a little bit down the road if she can establish herself as more of a legitimate, you know, contender on the roster. I'm not necessarily holding my breath for that, but, I mean, as far as, you know, Ronda Rousey goes, 
She gets attacked immediately after the match by Natalia. She just comes out, you know, she, uh, cheap shots her from behind, and then puts her in that sharpshooter, obviously, putting Ronda Rousey in a, you know, extreme amount of pain. You, you know, you just talk crap about my finishing move. Now here you are suffering from it. So, you know, that, at, that added a little bit more. But like I said, as far as, like, from a promo perspective, you don't really set your hopes really high for Ronda Rousey, but, I mean, at least do something. You know, her just basically talking about her finishing move again, like, dude, all right, we know what your move is. We get it. You've been here for, like, three years now or however long. We understand what your move set is. Like, the arm bar is a deadly move. Yeah, if anybody uses it, it's likely going to be pretty beneficial for them. We don't need all your programs to be centered around that, so get something else. Come on now. You're in the big leagues now, I guess you'd say. So I uh, definitely want to see Ronda Rousey take a little bit of a different step maybe in uh, weeks to come. But moving on here, one of the more important moments, I will say, in the entire show, in my opinion, and it was Gunther versus Ricochet for the Intercontinental Championship. And I was so confident about this. Like, I really was. There wasn't a doubt in my mind who was going to win this match. And it's Gunther. Gunther is somebody who I truly feel is a legitimate, like, top guy. Like, he's a legitimate, like, number one hill in the company if he's booked properly. You know, right now, Roman Reigns clearly has that, spot locked up but Gunther's somebody who is more so like all right his time is coming like there's going to be a time where I feel like he has a JBL type run on Smackdown and I do feel like he's going to be a phenomenal hill champion once that time comes but he does win this match and becomes the new intercontinental champion right now and I really don't feel like it's going to be anytime soon whenever he um gives it up but as far as the details of this match I mean, Ricochet held his own. I will say there were several spots in the match where he, you know, laid some offense in on Walter or Gunther. Sorry, it's probably going to happen a few times, guys. Sorry, but like I was expecting, that shot from Gunther to Ricochet was exactly like I, I expected, as well as a clothesline that Gunther delivered to Ricochet. He basically had the same backflip type sell, and he even broke out a drop kick. I, I saw that from Gunther. I'm not 100% sure. I haven't watched enough of his matches to know if that's something that he breaks out a lot, but that's, it's definitely something that I hadn't seen yet. That uh, since he's been called up to SmackDown, but like I said, Ricochet holds his own here, but it's not enough. Gunther wins with a power bomb, and like I said, earns that Intercontinental Championship. And man, I I don't know when I legitimately don't know when he's gonna lose this thing. Like the Intercontinental Championship for one doesn't get defended. Like I mean, Ricochet was defending it. I will say that he did a damn good job. But before Ricochet got it, like whenever it was with like Apollo Crews, Shinsuke Nakamura, and you know guys like that. It was just basically getting put on the shelf and, I mean, collecting dust, you know, and that's not something that you want to see. And now I'm interested, you know, I'm interested in this belt and I'm going to be disappointed if it just gets kind of put on the shelf because I feel like it's with a guy who can elevate it. And not only that, but the belt can elevate Walter or Gunther. See, there I go. Not even, I'm not even through with this segment and I can't even get it out. But anyways, I feel like that the belt's going to elevate him as well because it adds something to an already phenomenal character. Like, something as prestigious as the Intercontinental Championship. Like, he didn't just win the 24-7 title, for Christ's sake, guys. Like, he actually won the Intercontinental Championship. And it's all about the holder, in my opinion. Like, we saw Miz, you know, take this championship to new heights. And I'm not a huge Miz fan. I'm not even a Miz fan at all. But I could accept that, you know, give credit where it's due and say that the Miz made the title mean something. I do feel like that we're kind of going to go down that same path and maybe even a better path with Gunther here as the new Intercontinental Champion. But let's go ahead and continue on here. Um, let's see. Paul Heyman tells Sami Zayn that if he loses tonight, essentially he is not going to be in the bloodline any longer. But I guess we will see what happens there because if Sami wins, Riddle is banned from SmackDown. That's something that I alluded to earlier. That's how you know the brand split still somewhat. I mean, 
I do feel like it's on the oxygen tank. Like it's literally, you know, kind of, it's in the hospital bed. It's got IVs hooked up to him and everything like that on a ventilator. It's hanging on by a thread, but it's still breathing. It's still kicking. All right. And I feel like as long as it's alive, something can kind of come from it. You know, it's like Anakin Skywalker, whenever he got burned to a crisp and the, the emperor said, Oh, he's alive. He's alive. You know, and they pick him up, they take him and they transform him into Darth Vader. I mean, obviously uh, if you're not a star Wars fan, you're probably like, what the hell is this dude talking about? But anyways, Basically, I'm saying, like, with the brand split, as long as there's a heartbeat, I will not give up on it. But, like I mentioned, if Riddle loses this match, kind of getting back on topic here, if Riddle loses this match, he's banned from SmackDown. But if he wins... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. See, then he gets a WWE Undisputed Universal Championship match against Roman Reigns next week on SmackDown. So not just like a future opportunity. Literally next week. We haven't seen Roman Reigns in how long? And now you're telling us that there's a chance we'll get him next week? Sign me up for that. But as far as the match itself goes, guys, physical, tough as hell. I mean, it went back and forth pretty much for a majority of the time. But Riddle does win with an RKO. And then obviously the Usos come out and attack Riddle after the match is over. And you think that they're going to get the upper hand. I legitimately thought that they were going to be the ones who walked away from this thing smiling. But they celebrate and they showboat for just a little bit too long. Matt Riddle still riding off that adrenaline. He climbs back into the ring with a kendo stick and he starts whacking them. Just going to town, you know, shooting for doubles there or whatever. And he's swinging that thing. Arms, ribs, back, chest, it doesn't matter. Wherever he makes contact, that's perfectly fine with him. And they end up, you know, running away, running up the ramp. And Matt Riddle is excited for his opportunity because he did win this match. So next week we will get a one-on-one match between Roman Reigns and Matt Riddle. So uh, uh, you already know. I mean, it's SmackDown. Do you really think that there's any shot that Riddle wins this? You're more so hoping, all right, well, how is it going to happen? What's it going to do to lead us to the next week and continue to progress this storyline forward, you know? So that, that's more what I'm interested in, not necessarily the true outcome because I feel like it's pretty obvious who's going to win the match. But either way, I'm excited to get it nonetheless. You know, this is something that I feel like could uh could really set next week's SmackDown up to be pretty damn good. I mean, like I said, I feel like this one was pretty good. It just went by fast because, like I said, there was a lot of wrestling. There was a lot of actual wrestling in the match. Like, we had 15-minute matches, like a... Uh, damn near 20-minute matches, damn near 30-minute main event. Like, there's something that I, I really like about a show, and it's whenever you focus on the actual wrestling. 
And that's what this match was, or this show was all about. And, you know, we're going to get some more stuff next week. Like I mentioned, obviously, that undisputed Universal Championship match between Matt Riddle and Roman Reigns. But we also get a last laugh match between Corbin and Madcap Moss. I'm interested in seeing how that plays out. And then the Maximum Male Models presents his new member. Thought that was going to be this week. Maybe something happened. Maybe a change of plans. But anyways, they pushed it back one more week. So it is what it is. Um, I guess we'll kind of you know just see what happens there. I, I'm still expecting it to be somebody who needed a, a you know a new coat of paint. Obviously, I kind of went out on a limb and said possibly Cesaro. I, I'm not going to put any money on that. Obviously, I'm not going to going to hold my breath or like I guess tie myself to the hip with that prediction because it's very very much a long shot. So if you're asking me somebody who's on the roster already. Eh, I don't know. I mean, somebody said Mace, I think it was. Maybe somebody said T-Bar, one of those guys. Both make sense. Uh, man, it, this is kind of tough, you know. I'm not going to lie. I'm trying to think if there's somebody who would immediately come to mind, and I can't. I mean, Cesaro's really the only guy who I, who I actually felt like, you know, I had a, had a hunch about. You know, I don't want to just fake a prediction because for the fun of it, you know, I legitimately had a hunch about Cesaro. So that's why I came out and pointed that out in the first place. But I guess we'll see who that ends up being. Maybe if I get a hunch throughout the week, I will, uh, you know, go out on a limb and let you guys know who I predicted to be. But anyways, that does do it for the SmackDown review, guys. Like I said, a, a little bit faster than what I what I had hoped, obviously. But, you know, whenever you are used to going with someone and you have to go by yourself, it is a little bit of a transition. I'm sure Matt can, can uh, attest to that. But like I said, the show isn't over just yet. The SmackDown review portion is over. But at the end of the episode, like I you know, talked about a little bit earlier. I'm going to give you another top five here, and we're going to do the top five guys, because I don't think it's going to be a woman, no disrespect, but the top five wrestlers who have a shot at dethroning Roman Reigns, at taking that universal, undisputed universal championship. Sorry, got to correct myself there. Someone has a shot to do it. Somebody is going to do it at some point. I'm going to see if I can nail who it's going to be, at least, you know, throw their name in this hat, because I'm going to give you five people, and then I'm going to give you an honorable or an honorable mention so it's been a while it's been over a year since i've had a top five friday and i'm definitely excited to bring it back here but let's see we're gonna start here with the honorable mention and i'm gonna give it to the guy who i kind of said hey don't be surprised if it ends up being this guy and it's austin theory all right and the reason why i say that is because he's very high on vince mcmahon's list and that is really the only person it doesn't matter what you think it doesn't matter what i think it doesn't matter what dave Meltzer thinks or anybody else vince mcmahon is the one who matters. If he wants you to be champion, you will be champion. Go ask Kevin Owens whenever they decided to take the Universal Championship off of uh, Seth Rollins. Go ask Jinder Mahal whenever he won the title. You know, if you if the, if WWE wants you, if Vince McMahon for that matter wants you to be champion, you will be champion. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen this week. I'm not saying it's going to happen next year. But the way that they're building up theory, kind of you know, getting that that huge WrestleMania moment, obviously with Pat McAfee and Vince McMahon. I know it wasn't like a five-star match with like a Hall of Fame caliber opponent, but that's a big part of the show because Vince McMahon like is involved, number one, but he was involved in the whole storyline with you. So that's kind of, you know, it's a big deal there. And obviously being the United States champion now, I do feel like he's, you know, on the path to somewhere pretty good. He's not going to do it as the heel Austin Theory for as long as, you know, Roman Reigns is the um, the heel champion. But even, even if, like, say it happened... I guess I'm trying to think of a way to say this, like anytime soon, right? You don't want it to be a heel that does it anyway. Even if Roman Reigns is a babyface, that's not how you want to go about that title switching hands. You want it to be the babyface, the young up and coming babyface who 
you know, has a prominent future in the company. And this is the thing that kind of shoots him to the top. You know, say Austin Theory has a pretty dominant run here as the uh, United States champion. Remember, John Cena started out as the United States champion whenever he took it from Big Show at WrestleMania 20. And then a year later, headlining WrestleMania with JBL and winning the WWE championship. Things can happen. You know, things happen very quickly here in WWE. Whenever people leave, people get injured, things like that. They have to make an audible, right? Like, look at Cody Rhodes. A big part of Raw's plans for the next year. He's gone. Just like that. You have to think. You have to adjust on the fly and pivot. And obviously, who knows? Maybe they pivoted to splitting up Judgment Day or whatever. You know, getting Edge utilized somewhere else. Or maybe just, you know, they had to throw a curveball and, you know, obviously bring out plan B. So I think something like that, very possible to happen to Austin Theory. But also, like, just him naturally developing and, you, you know, the cream rises to the top. Say he ends up, you know, really nailing this character and, you know, hitting it out of the park becoming even better than what he already is just as that ignorant arrogant a-hole but he also keep, continues to polish his craft right he also continues to get better inside the ring from bell to bell and then it's just unanimous i mean he has the look right i mean he has the i guess he passes the eye test if you want to say that he's young he's from atlanta that definitely gives you bonus points in my book but i just i truly feel like um austin theory down the road Maybe has a chance to uh, to be the guy that does it and call me crazy. Like I said, this is my list. You can let me know in the mailbag episode or whatever if you think I'm way off. But I'll, he's not even in the top five. He's just an honorable mention. But I did want to kind of bring that name up as somebody who I feel like definitely, I mean, has a chance to do it. But we can go ahead and move on and start the actual list, the actual top five here. And at number five, you might think I'm crazy. And you might actually be like, okay, this list has officially lost all credibility. But hear me out. It's MJF, and the reason why I say this is because obviously, right, we expect Roman Reigns to be the champion for, for a little while, you know, and number one, he's under contract with a whole other company, so that's why it's completely far-fetched and why I have it at number five at the very bottom of my list is because I know the unlikelihood of it, but I also understand that the small 2% possibility that it could happen makes me think, holy, you know what, this could be an absolute money move, especially if at the very beginning of 2024, we see MJF make his way over to WWE, creeping up on that WrestleMania 40. That's the thing. XL, WrestleMania 40. We just had WrestleMania 38, 2022. 2023 in LA, we're going to get WrestleMania 39. WrestleMania 40, are you kidding me? You know they're going to go big on that WrestleMania. I don't even know where it is, honestly. I'm sure that it's already announced or someone has already decided it, but I have no idea where it's going to be. But either way, big fan of the possibility of MJF coming out of nowhere and feuding with Roman Reigns, maybe if that is, like if they give him to him, like because obviously he would have to be the champion for the rest of 2022 and all of 2023. That's why this is very, very unlikely, even more unlikely than Austin Theory. But I still had to put it just out of pure respect for MJF. I had to put him higher than Austin Theory on the list. So I gave him that number five spot. But like I said, I mean, if Roman Reigns goes babyface at any point, this would be a beautiful feud. Even if MJF we get a uh babyface version of him you know we haven't at least i haven't i've never seen a babyface version of mjf but i could tell you after seeing some of the promos he's cut especially the one this past week on uh aw dynamite maybe not this this week exactly maybe it was a week ago not a huge aew weekly watcher but i did see that promo that he cut you guys know exactly the one i'm talking about it was like the pipe bomb where he talked about tony khan and all that stuff seeing how he can flip the switch not even stumble over any words deliver his point to a t I mean, this dude absolutely makes money. And why does it make sense? Like I just said, this dude makes money. He wants to go to the best company, right? And that's not even like AEW fans. I'm not even trying to take a shot at you guys. I promise. I, I understand AEW, very fast growing, very successful company that isn't going anywhere. It's going to be a 
you know, a competitive rival company to WWE, hopefully for years to come. And that's what I hope because everybody benefits whenever there's another business. Obviously, I talked about it with Cody Rhodes. That's the beautiful thing about it. The fact that he got to leave, go to another company, establish himself, find himself, come back to WWE, and now he's a main event guy. He left this stardust, for Christ's sake, and he came back as the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. So that's kind of where I see it as far as, like, the benefits of having that other company. But it's no secret which company's better, all right? Like, I'm not saying the booking is better. I know that people think that AEW runs circles around WWE whenever it comes to booking and their storylines and all that stuff. But whenever you talk about the dollars and you talk about which company is, you know, selling out football stadiums and all that stuff, you know, for their big events, it's WWE. And MJF knows where the money is. And that's pretty much what he wants. And obviously not just that, but the eyeballs. There's so many more people that watch WWE. So, I mean, I just personally feel like MJF knows that and he's going to want to maximize his value, even if it means kind of going to some place where you really don't know what to expect. You know, like you're going to the WWE, you've seen them mishandle so many other people but you could be that one. You know, I'm not like the other people. I'm a generational talent. Just because they mishandled them, I'd love to see them try to mishandle me because of who I am now and where I'm at in my career. So MJF being there at number five, I just feel like you might call me crazy, but here in 2024, whenever he might actually show up in WWE, who knows if it's actually going to happen or not. But if he does, I think that maybe we'll be singing a different tune. But anyways, moving on here to number four. And it's a guy who we just saw tonight, and I've been hyping this dude up since he's been on the SmackDown ro- roster. It's Gunther, and I know he's a heel. But we're not talking about heel versus babyface right now whenever we're just specifically talking about the caliber of the wrestler and the character. And Gunther screams main event guy. He screams champion. Like I said, I expect him to have a JBL-type run here on SmackDown at some point. In order to do that, he has to be the champion. And I feel like he's somebody who is believable. I don't know if we're ever going to get a babyface version of Roman, but if he does... This might be the first hill on my list, just being completely honest, because some of the other guys, I'm not going to lie, not to, uh, you know, tilt my hand or whatever that expression is, just basically, or tip my hand. There we go. I almost messed it up, or I did mess it up. But anyway, saved it at the end there. Here we go. Some of the guys that are on the list are baby faces ahead of him. There might be another hill, but I do feel like if you're asking me which hill I would go with first, if we got a baby face version of Roman, it's definitely Gunther. And um, this Intercontinental run is only prepping him. Like, it's only getting him ready. This is just an appetizer. We're establishing him as a guy who can hold on to a championship, defend the championship, and make it interesting. And I feel like we're going to get a little bit of a version of that with the IC title, probably for the whole summer. I'm expecting that. I mean, he's probably going to hold that bad boy for a while. But um, at some point, I do feel like he's going to move up a little bit. He's going to go for those main event championships. And if Roman Reigns just so happens to hold it, do not be surprised if we get the ring general going up against the Tribal Chief in the near future. But continuing on here, let's go ahead and knock out the other hill, shall we? Seth Rollins. And that's just how good Seth Rollins is, right? He can be on a losing streak where he's lost to the same dude three times in a row at three straight pay-per-views, and you still put him number three at this list. Why? Because he just absolutely screams a legit wrestler, not only a legit legit wrestler, a legit storyteller, a legit dresser, a legit badass. I mean, this dude's absolutely CrossFit maniac. My buddy Tino Valentino, a wrestler here in Amarillo, Texas, who travels all around the state of Texas and other states around it. Shout out to Tino. He was trained by Seth Rollins at the Black and Brave School over in Davenport, Iowa. So shout out to uh, Seth Rollins, just as being, you know, somebody who's not only absolutely dominating his era, but he's trying to prepare the next era. He's trying to get people ready and train them the right, the right way, teach them things that he wishes would have been taught to him whenever he was in their position. So you have to absolutely uh, respect Seth. But not only that, it's just from a perspective like the storyline is there. 
Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns are money. We're not, we haven't seen the last of that, I promise. I mean, Roman Reigns says he's close to hanging it up at some point. Obviously going to a part-time role, probably be around for like another handful of years. But I'm just saying, like, at some point, we got to get Seth to Roman again. And I just feel like, I mean, it's inevitable. And who knows? I don't know if Seth will be the guy to take it off, but it's possible. I mean, it's definitely somebody who, you know, if he did it, would you be that surprised, really? Like, if Seth Rollins was like, yeah, maybe at first you might be. But keep in mind, Seth Rollins was screwed out of that opportunity wherever he, like, passed out and his hand was on the rope or whatever happened. Seth Rollins has a case to make. And that's something I feel like kind of gets swept under the rug, kind of gets, you know, pushed to the wayside for a little bit. But make no mistake about it, Seth Rollins is going to be showing his face around Roman Reigns and the the whole bloodline storyline at some point. I just feel like it's inevitable. But moving on here to number two, um, this kind of sucks because he was going to be number one on my list. But the injury, it's uh, the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. I feel like he was, you know, unanimously, unanimously the number one spot until the injury. Now that kind of definitely puts a little bit of a, a wrinkle in things. It kind of puts a little bit of a speed bump in those plans because why he's going to be gone for a very long time and with no build, you know, he's going to have to come back, reestablish himself. He's not going to come back immediately and challenge Roman Reigns unless he wins the Royal Rumble. But I just personally feel like um, the injury screwed him. It really did. And hopefully it's not something that just – you know, he gets him that Finn Balor where he wins the Universal Championship but tears his shoulder in half or something like that. Whatever happened, separated his shoulder, definitely injured himself pretty bad during the match. And literally the next night had to relinquish that title, and he literally hasn't won it since. Like, that's what can happen. Somebody as talented as Finn Balor, you remember that draft whenever he was brought up from NXT? They were hyping this dude up like crazy. Like, he was legitimately about to be like this next Roman Reigns that felt like they were really pushing this dude. And... You know, injuries happen and they completely derail your plans. And, you know, the the world doesn't stop moving just because you get hurt. You know, like WWE has to keep going. They have a business and multiple shows to run. So um, I totally expect Drew or Cody Rhodes to get hopped a little bit. And I guess I kind of just tip my hand again. Drew McIntyre is number one. I, I do. I know people are going to disagree. They're tired of Drew. But he's he's legit. He's a baby face that's already ready to take out Roman Reigns. He's just kind of sitting there waiting, you know, tapping his foot. When am I going to get this opportunity? Oh, yeah. At Clash at the Castle, Labor Day weekend, that's when I'm going to get my opportunity. Is he going to win it there? Who knows? At this point, I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't. We haven't seen Roman Reigns in how long. Drew McIntyre is ready to defend that championship. He's ready to win it in front of his own home crowd and actually be able to, you know, be a champion in front of crowds instead of just in the pandemic and the Thunderdome and all that stuff. So, I mean, you know, Drew McIntyre definitely takes that number one spot for me because I just feel like it's the most likely. And I feel like you want to you want to build up another guy, right? Like, Hulk Hogan, he had Macho Man Randy Savage, right? Triple H, he had The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold Steve Austin had The Rock. Like, you have to have a counterpart star being built at the same time, and I feel like giving Drew this championship would really let the world know, like, okay, it's time to reestablish, recalibrate the way that we view Drew McIntyre because we might have put him in the back burner just naturally. We saw a lot of him. He was involved in the championship picture for, what, like 18 months straight whenever he was, you know, he won it from Brock Lesnar, had to deal with Randy Orton. And then obviously, you know, uh, the whole Bobby Lashley angle, all that stuff. I mean, he defended that championship for quite a while. And if he wasn't defending it, he was fighting for it. So there are people that are probably still like, okay, it's a little bit too soon to get him back in this championship picture. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, I, I personally feel like, you know, beggars can't be choosers at this point. This is who you're, This is the guy that's on the roster that's ready to go right now. So I feel like you always have to kind of take him serious. And that alone gets him that number one spot on my list. But there you have it, guys. I do hope that you have you know, enjoyed that uh, top five Friday for you. Let me know what your top five is. If you feel like I left somebody off, put somebody on way too high, put somebody on that didn't deserve to be on there at all. Let me know. I want to hear that feedback. So definitely shout out to you guys for listening. Obviously, 
Shout out to John. Hopefully I'll have him back with me next week for you guys. We'll have a more longer episode, but if not, um, these short episodes, you know, some people like them. The short form audio isn't that bad sometimes, but I know definitely um, it's better for business the, the longer the episodes, in my personal opinion, as somebody who does podcasting myself. But anyways, guys, thank you so much. Like I mentioned a little bit earlier, go check me out over on the Football Function Podcast. If you haven't already, I would definitely appreciate that. Like I said, it would definitely mean a lot. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, have a damn good weekend, guys. Walk passionately in the direction of your dreams, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to WWEPodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to Patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.